0: Diana Trepkoff, and I'd like to welcome you to my new podcast called Can I Help Find Your Missing Loved One? I'm a forensic artist who's completed hundreds of law enforcement cold cases, and I can tell you firsthand the pain and suffering I have witnessed on families of missing loved ones. I can see the pain on their face, I can hear the pain in their voice, and I feel it in my heart. My dream is that all missing persons will be found, and there will never be another missing person ever again. That's what I pray for, that's what I hope for, and that is my dream. So please welcome my new podcast, Can I Help Find Your Missing Loved One? And one by one, let's bring these missing loved ones home. Thank you. Hi, welcome to Can I Help Find Your Missing Loved One? I would like to introduce a really amazing person. Her name is Lise, and I met her through email in 2009. I ended up doing her sister's age progression. And in 2011, her family came to my book signing, and I was so touched to see them all there. Um, Let's introduce the amazing and beautiful person, Lise, who's Missing Diane Prevost's sister. Uh, Hi. Um...
1: Hi. (laughs) Thank you for joining me. Uh, okay. Thank you for inviting me. And um, as always, I, I love talking about uh, our case um, and I want uh, people out there to know about my sister that's been missing uh, since uh, 1966. So it's been quite a struggle to get our story out there. Uh, but with Diana's help, we have uh, now a picture and with all of the, um, the publicity that uh, Diana has done for us, which is amazing, and thank you, Diana, for doing this for us. Thank I don't you think we... so
0: much. Um, I, <laughs> I don't, don't think. All... We...
1: Yeah, yeah you're there. all
0: in my heart, and your sisters in my heart. I feel like I know. I feel like you guys are family. I've known you for quite a while. Yes. And there's so many sleepless nights I've had where I lie in bed and I toss and turn and I wonder where is Diane? Like, I believe someone stole her, but you can tell the story. I don't know where she is. I hope she's out there and, and she'll hear this podcast. But um, I do think of you guys a lot. I worry about your mom because I know it's hard on her and all of you. And I think you're an amazing sister for how hard you've pushed. Cause I, I see you pushing on the internet. I see you doing the interviews. So I'm proud of mm-hmm. you for for being such a good sister to
1: Diane. oh, thank you. Um, it's true. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so I'll talk a little bit about our story. Um, and um, I was only three and a half when Diane was taken away from us. Um, so it happened at uh, Grundy Provincial Park. It was September 17th, uh, 1966. Uh, So my whole family was there. So there's four siblings. So, um, well, four with myself. So four children. Um, so there's Joanne who is the oldest and she was five at the time. There's Claude. Um, he was four, myself, please. I was three and Diane was two years old. Um, and we were camping, um, with my grandparents and my parents. So, um, In the afternoon, uh, my parents um, and the four of us, four children, um, were near the water. And my grandparents were back at the trailer and they were having a little nap in the afternoon. And um, Diane was afraid of the water, so she would not go near the water. So Mm -hmm. my mother and um, myself and Joanne were playing um, near the shoreline. Uh, near in the sand. And my dad and and Claude were fishing. There was a pier there and they were fishing uh, on the pier. And uh, Diane wanted to go back to the camper to go see my grandparents. And uh, um, my dad told her, just wait a minute and I'll just untangle this fishing line and then I will bring you. Well, but Diane was very uh, independent and, headstrong and she uh, took it upon herself to just go back alone and um, so my dad had turned around and went back to his um, untangling his fishing rod and my mother was um, playing and we're making sandcastles in the sand with uh, myself and Joanne and Diane just, just walked back or started walking back to the camper where my grandparents were. And that was the last time that we seen her. Um, So we assumed that she was taken. Um, So my dad had turned around at one point and said, okay, where is she? Where's Diane to my mom? And my mom says, well, didn't you bring her back and and panic? And they ran back to um, our campsite where my grandparents were. And Mm -hmm. because they had assumed that's where she had went back and um, they woke up my grandparents and they said, no, she didn't come back here. And, so then my dad and my grandfather started looking for her, and uh, my dad looked for her for the rest of her, his life. Um, so basically, we, we figured somebody was watching us, and somebody took her. And um, can you describe
0: Diane? Like, what, what did she look like? Her hair, her eyes, what was she wearing?
1: Um, she had, uh, she had brown hair, uh, brown eyes, and she had like curly brownish hair. Um, she, I don't remember exactly what she was wearing because like, like I was only three, but I know my mom has said that she had like, uh, reddish pants on and a little shirt on that's in running shoes. And that's all I I remember. Okay. Um, She um, was very independent. She was headstrong. So what I remember personally about her was um, she would always get into trouble. Um, So I remember when she was maybe just... Maybe it wasn't long before she was taken is that she had gone to the hospital and that we were all at the picture window waiting for her to come back because she had went into... My parents had told us, don't go in the ditch, like in the, near the culvert. And she had went there and it had cut her foot and she had to go to the hospital for stitches. So I remember- Which foot? Which foot is that? um, I think it was the right foot. Okay. And, um, she had my, both my parents had brought her to the hospital. My grandmother had stayed with us, um, and like my grandparents have been a really big part of our lives. Uh, they've always been with us and always been there. Um, so they were at our house and um, my parents had gone to the hospital with her. So when she came, we were, I remember the anxiety that I was feeling and waiting for her to make sure that she was okay. You know, mm-hmm. and so she had came back.
0: Yeah. You cared so much about her
1: way back then. And you were only oh, like yeah. three, <laughs> three, but yeah. that, that's about the only thing that I remember. I don't remember um, this event that yeah. happened. I know my Joanne remembers because she was older. She was in school at that time. So she remembers. I don't. I, How is I don't she coping? Oh, for her, it was tragic. It was really, really tragic because To her, it was always like she should have been watching. And I have an an Mm -hmm. aunt also that um, is, uh, she she was close to our eight. Well, she was like maybe 10 at the time. Mm -hmm. And she was uh, always with us. And that weekend, she decided not to come with us. And her name is also Diane. So Aunt Mm -hmm. Diane. Um, and sh- that weekend, she decided at the last minute not to come with us. And, and she took that very hard because she was always uh, watching us. Like, we have pictures of her and and us always together. And so she blamed herself, too. She said, no, if, you know, if she would have been there, maybe she, this wouldn't have happened, you know. So a you lot know, of blame. <laughs> yeah, I hear that a lot when it comes to uh, missing loved
0: ones. People blame themselves because... They're so sad and they, I I keep on hearing that. They say, if I was there, it probably wouldn't have happened. I should have this, I should have that. I don't, I don't think so. Things happen that are out of our control and everybody loves, you know, little Diane so much. And I don't think. Yeah. 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 I I just, it hurts when I hear, because I know a lot of people carry a lot of guilt and it's not their fault.
1: Yeah. And I think for me, the worst is my dad's guilt. My dad, um, never stopped looking for her. Like I I know I was young um, and over the years, like he'd always talk about it because there was a a huge, huge, she was the first child that was abducted in our area, which is submarine in district. Um, So she was the first one. So there's people that we've met over the years that came and looked for her. So there was a huge, huge volunteer that came and um, they did it like, the army was brought in like there was a whole bunch of people that came in search for her because what had happened right after that when when the police were brought in they said oh she's in the park so they never closed the gates so september 17th was after the the, the summer so it was like people there was no guards at the at the gates Mm -hmm. to let people in so it was like a free-for-all so you could go in camp and then just you you, they had a little box and you just paid for the the night or two that you stayed so so the camp was officially closed but people could still go in and camp for the weekend Mm -hmm. and that's what we were doing we had went in for the weekend and um so when this happened my dad called the police and the police came, but they never actually closed the park. And there were other people in the park. And that park, Grunty Provincial Park, is a huge park. So there's quite a few different sections. And they never closed the park. And my dad kept saying, she's not here. You need to close the park. And so they looked all through the night. So this was about late afternoon. So it started getting dark and they still hadn't found her. And my dad was like close the park just close the so that if she is here they're not going to leave yeah and during the night there was a car that left the park so I don't know if that was her or police coming in and out I'm not sure but the next morning who's seen the car and do they know what kind of car um I think I'm not sure what kind of car it was I'm not sure I am how do they know a car left um, I think they heard it maybe. Okay. 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 Because yeah. my dad had said that. So I'm okay. assuming that he's him and my I've grandfather. It, yes. Yeah. That. And they had gone like to every uh, campsite and, and talked to people and asked if they had seen her. And nobody's seen her. I know at one point, my mom said that she heard a baby, cr- someone, a child crying. And it was like, Oh, my God, it was her. But it wasn't turned out it wasn't her, but yeah. um, So, yeah. So they went to every campsite and and talked to people and asked, um, but the campsite was never closed. So to this, like my dad said, you know, if if they would have closed it, maybe, you know, she would have, we would have found her, but the police, sorry, go ahead. No, go on, go on. So the police, um, had never had a case like this and I, um, they thought the one that was in charge said oh no she, she's in the water she drowned you know like so that's the first thing we're going to do is, is, is drain the lake. My dad kept saying no she was scared of the water she would not have been close to the water But they did drain the lake. They never found anything. Um, And, and again, they did a grid search, and they they did search on both sides of that uh, Highway 69 and uh, looked for her.
0: And And, um, what about the hound dogs? I remember the story with the hound dogs. And if you want to just explain, like, which police service it is.
1: Oh, this was – Oh, probably oh, maybe about 10 years ago now that we, um, I work at a university, so they have a forensic department and we um, we did, uh, cadaver dogs were brought in and we did a, a grid search um, of the area where she was taken and they said that if there was a body, even though this was in November and there was snow and even if there was a um snow on it the dogs would find it but at the actual um when it happened they did bring in uh, um, dogs in and it was like they they searched the road and then they would stop at a certain point so the assumption was that there was a car there or Mm -hmm. she was put into a car so at at the time
0: it was her scent stopped
1: yeah yeah Yeah. her scent stopped so i remember that in which police service uh, back then yeah I I don't remember okay I, I don't know Ontario Provincial Police it's their yeah, yes yeah yeah it would probably okay. yeah it would have been the Ontario Provincial Police yeah okay, okay and how's your mom coping with this today today um well it's it's been 50 something years so um she's my mom's had a lot of Issues, not issues, but sleepless nights. Like you said, you have a lot of sleepless nights. She's had a lot, and she she has trouble sleeping. Like she's um, and even back then, um, she wasn't well. Um, she took this really hard, and it took her quite a number of years to to get back to some kind of normal. Um, when you lose a child. Um, it's never easy. It's never, um, now as an adult, I can relate a lot better back then or growing up. I didn't really understand, you know, it was like, oh, she's just not here. And, you know, you go on with your life. But as, as you become a parent and a grandparent, you realize um, if, if you lose your child, how devastating that is and how you never get back to a normal Um, it just it just devastates you Um, so yeah my mother is a very strong person Um, she's had to um, cope well both my parents are very strong like they they never gave up that one day we would we would find um, Diane and um, for my mom it was like if if ever like you to her, it's like if we can find her before she passes, it would be like such a relief. Like it would be like, maybe now I can sleep you know,
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's, just,
1: it's an unrest or a piece of you that's missing that you can't uh, go on or you can't move on without finding it, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. My, my heart goes out to your whole family and your yeah. mom. And yeah, I remember um, hearing that she couldn't sleep for so many hours a night ever since it happened. And I don't think people understand who aren't going through this journey, you know, like, but it's very painful from everything that I've witnessed and all the families of missing loved ones. And that's why I'm doing this podcast. Um, Can I help find your missing loved one just to help. And if anybody's listening to the story to call in a tip. And I think the one big thing I want to mention is that no tip is too small. I think people feel a bit foolish if they call something in just in case they're wrong, but yeah. there's no wrong here. Just call anything in, you know, to crime stoppers. And um, yeah, we're hoping someone will come forward with information because someone always knows something out there. And, and I believe she was stolen. And I know your family believes the same. If you want to
1: talk a little bit about your dad, how he would go every year. sir. Yeah. For sure. Uh, my dad never gave up and he actually missed like six months of work and his company was so, so um, they helped him. They never they they gave him his paycheck every week. Like they were so good to him. Like Mm -hmm. he he searched and he went back to Grundy Provincial Park every day for that first six months and then every year he would go back every single year and he would stop at the police station because the police station was on highway 69 in still river which is right before grundy provincial park mm-hmm. so he would stop and say like anything new did you find anything or did you hear anything and and like he he did this for quite a few years and then they finally told him you know like we'll call you. Don't, don't bother coming back. Like we don't have anything. So he was pretty devastated when like he had to give that up. Like it was mm-hmm. finally a few years later where, you know, he knew that he wasn't going to find her back at that provincial part. Yeah. So for it's him, yeah. yeah, for him, it was, it was so sad and he never gave up, you know, and he was so happy when I, I, I I have a friend, Chantal Morin, that um, did the mm-hmm. website, so she was like, and I kept telling my dad, you know, okay, you keep talking about, but I need, like, I need to have a document. and I said, because when you're gone, and mom's gone, and my grandparents at that time were still alive, and I said, when you guys are gone, you're the ones that were actually there and can tell the story, I said, we can't, we weren't there. So my dad sat down like I I wrote something and then I said, OK, go through this and correct it and, you know, make it your story. So he did that and it's on our website and he he wrote his story. And, and for that, like, I'm so grateful because at least now we have the history and we know and he talked about it and, you know, it's there, it's documented now. And that's important, and, yeah. Yes, Jan- and it, even with you and your book, like when you added our story to it, it was like, oh, all right, you know, it's out there now.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Chantel, um, yeah, she seems amazing. And I did see the website and it is amazing. And it's full of so much detail. If you wanted to
1: give the the name of the website, the web yeah, address. It's, it's www.dianne.com. Prevo p r e v o s t um, at um, no dot info info. Okay, perfect. Yeah, info. yeah. And she has so she has a
0: the right scar on her foot. Any other scars?
1: Uh, yeah, she did have a um, a burn mark near her knee, but my mom couldn't remember which side it was on. So okay, in which you know, there's no medical record for that. So.
0: Okay. But they are great um, identifiers, the stars yes. that, that stays.
1: Yes. So, and any moles? Uh, no, no, not that I know of. No. I, um, yeah. um, so even like, so my father, even on his, his deathbed, like I was there when he passed and mm. he was so adamant. Like he just didn't want to go. He wasn't ready to go yet because he hadn't found her. And that was like, his last words like do something like i'm not ready like you need to find her sort of thing oh. yeah. so it was so painful to 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 hear him and, and you know not having his last wish granted because he he wanted to to find diane he that was his his goal and, he, and yeah. how old yeah. was he when he passed away He was 74. So that it'll be five years ago. Um, In June, it'll be five years. Yeah, I'm sorry. He sounds like he was an amazing dad. He was he was Um, he he just wouldn't forget her like he always talked about her so that we we knew the story and that he um, he just wouldn't let go And, and which, you know, it's perfectly normal, I guess in his life that you know he had a child and you know he didn't want to um forget about her and and he told one of his cousin at one time his cousin had lost a child and he said at least you get to bury yours I don't get to bury mine or I never you know at least then you would have closure and yeah. he didn't have closure and that for him. That was the worst is that he didn't have closure to this. And there's still no, no closure for us. We haven't found her. And um, for all my family, it's, it's like we want to have her it, part of our family and to find her. You know, we keep hoping that there's going to be that one little tip that's going to come in and that we're, we're going to find her.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And I hope and pray for that. I think um, should be really proud to know how hard you guys have searched all these years. You've never given mm-hmm. up, never wavered. Mm-hmm. Very strong, very determined, and you love her so much. I know on her birthday you always say happy birthday, and you're always putting yeah. out stuff about her. And if yeah. if she could hear this podcast, what would you want to say to her?
1: Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I would. I would tell her that she wasn't given up for adoption. That we we didn't uh, abandon her. Um, it, somebody took her and that uh, we want her back. We want her to be part of our family and that, you know, I, I just hope that she, she had a good life because I don't know if, if she was abused or something that would just hurt so much, but if she, I hope she had a good life and then if she wants to reach out to us we're uh, we're here waiting with open arms, you know, we're waiting yeah. for that day. I hope that happens. Um,
0: she's really lucky to have a family like you yes. guys, Honest, honestly, because I know how much you love her. All of you love her. And yes. um, yeah, well, let's hope, you know, when we put the podcast out, that someone will come forward when they hear the story. Um, there's so much on the internet about your sister and yeah, all those a, facts.
1: And there's also a Facebook page also, um, Missing Diane Prevo. So if you want to... People want to check that out. Um, yeah. And have you dreamed of her at all? Um. No, I, okay. I. I haven't. No. I know my mom dreams of her a lot, but I. Uh, I don't know. Yeah.
0: Um, well, say. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And um, like I said, you're. You guys are all in my heart. Say hi to your whole family and your mom. And um. And yeah, and my hope. My hope is that we find her or we get answers and you deserve that. You're an amazing sister. You're always doing something to continue with the search, which is awesome. So I hope you're proud of yourself. I'm proud Mm -hmm. of you and I'm proud of all of you and you're a very good family. And one thing I love about you guys is I always see how you have all your family pictures everywhere and they're all, everyone's name is there. And so, you know, if she is, she searches somehow and she finds you guys she'll probably be like wow i kind of look like joanne and this and that because yeah. everything's labeled and yeah. yeah very organized and there's a lot of love in your
1: family yeah i just want to say too that uh, thanks to you and we really really appreciate this is that you did the um the drawing the forensic drawing and and for us that brought her because when we lost her, she was only two and a half, so now she she 's an adult now, so now we are mm-hmm. looking for an adult and not a child so yeah. for for us to see her as she looks like today was like an eye opener like it's it's making it real that she is an adult so for you for us it's like thank you so much for doing that for us we really appreciate that
0: you're welcome with all my heart it's it's my passion and it means a lot to me and you're the first one that i interviewed
1: (laughs) because i thought Diane
0: Privo's. she's (laughs) been in my heart for so long and we're going to start off with you
1: so oh thank you thank you for doing this of course i love sharing your story
0: yeah. yeah. And you yeah. know what? Um, you never know what tomorrow brings. So let's hope for the best. And thank you so much. And if anybody knows anything about what happened to Diane Pregos in 1966, please call the Ontario Provincial Police or call Crime Stoppers or reach out to mm-hmm. Lee or to me on Facebook, Diana Trepkov. And um, yeah, and let's just hope for some good
1: news soon some closure yes thank you diane okay thank you and have a great day (laughs) you too bye Bye -bye. thanks for listening can i help find your missing loved one is created produced and hosted by diana trepkov associate producer and sound editing by marty brown please don't forget to call in any tips thank you